Well, today uh, we didn't have to do the Alleluia verse for the gospel because we said Alleluia enough during the... That was probably the least difficult responsorial psalm we've ever done. It's it's wonderful. Um, I think uh, on this memorial of um, St. Dominic, it'd be good to actually... We're contemplating the Word of God because the Dominican friars were all about the Word of God, preaching the truth. They were raised up at a particular time in the history of the church to combat... Um, to remedy and to combat a situation that had come about as a result of ignorance of the word of God. The, the parish priests, like me, we were not teaching the truth. We didn't, we're totally ignorant. The parish priests were, were completely ignorant, and it was a widespread problem, and the people, were, they weren't catechized. No one knew nothing. And the only knowledge really was uh, kind of locked up in the monasteries with the Benedictines, but they were in the monastery. They weren't out teaching and preaching. So the Dominican orders, the friars, uh, the, the Franciscan friars and the Dominican friars were raised up specifically. They were religious orders that were kind of like the Benedictines in that they were under religious vows, but they were different in that they lived in the cities and they preached to the people. And that was their charism. Uh, and so the other issue that was going on was in southern France, there was a very widespread heresy, and it really had gripped all of southern France. It was called the Albigensian uh, heresy. So Dominic w- was, was raised up by God um, to, to solve this problem, the situation, and he and his men were dedicated to the truth, to the truth of the word of God. And this, the motto of the Dominicans is, to contemplate and to share with others the fruits of one's contemplation. So the Dominican is called first and foremost to contemplate the word of God, to behold it, to look upon it with the eyes of his heart and to internalize it deeply and to understand it uh, and to grasp the truth of it. And it from that place to go forth and to bring the fruits of that truth to others to benefit them. In the word, in the uh, scripture readings today, the first reading we're actually looking at the Word of God. It's a very fascinating. It's one of the coolest uh, passages in the whole Bible. In fact, there's a stream of rabbinical thought that says you can't read or you shouldn't read uh, and study the Book of Ezekiel until you, until you're at least 40 years old. Okay, because it's so profound and so deep, it it'll make a younger man go crazy. Uh, that was what the rabbis, you know, were thinking, or at least one stream of rabbinical thought, uh, because it's a very mysterious um, uh, vision that he has, and this is really like the censored form of it. I mean, this is like the abbreviated, abridged, censored form. So I'm going to give you the uncensored form, okay? Uh, and probably we're familiar with this slightly already, anyways. But it's actually it says the word of the Lord came to the priest Ezekiel, but then he sees. So he actually sees the word of God, all right? And that's what the Dominicans were all about, contemplating with the eyes of their heart the word of God and then bringing to others the fruits of their contemplation. So what does the word of God look like? Okay, it's pretty cool. It's really wild. We have this vision, and it involves four angels, four cherubim, okay? And they each have two wings apiece, and with two wings they cover their bodies. The other two are outstretched. And they're four square to they shape they they're in the shape of a square. So you've got one cherubim out like this with the wings outstretched. And he's not flapping these wings. The wings are straight. They're out like that. You got another one who's out like this, and his wings are touching the corner of the other one. 
then you got another one who's like that, another one like this. Okay, so you got four of them. They got like a, they're making a square, and they have four faces. So the outward face is the face of a man. On the right is the face of a lion. On the left is the face of an ox, and behind is the face of an eagle. So they all have four faces. So if you can imagine, all the eagles are looking at each other. In the inner inner part of this vision. Mac is going, her eyes are crossing right now. <laughs> so that's why I gotta be forty years old. If Mac if you were under forty, you'd go be going nuts right now, okay? I'm forty five, so there we go, you're good to go. We're okay, we're all of us are all right. Actually I'm thirty nine, I'm in trouble, okay? So and the in the inner part of this group of angels there's all these burning coals and they're all they're all luminous and all this light is is they have the legs of like calves and then, over their heads, oh, this is the cooler part. This is one of the coolest parts. Below them are the wheels of a chariot. And this whole thing is a chariot, is what it is. It's God's chariot. Okay. Now, most chariots have wheels that go side by side like that, right? This chariot's got wheels that are like this. Okay, so there's a wheel within a wheel. And it's, it's, it's uh, quattro-directional. It's multi-directional. Okay. And the whole the whole mechanism moves like this. Okay, it moves very, and then it can go up and down. And the wheel is full of eyes. All the wheels are full of eyes. Okay, so the, it doesn't turn like this. They, it's always straight, but it's it's north, south, east, and west, and it moves up and down. And over the heads of the cherubim is this firmament, which is like a big dome. And that dome is a symbol of heaven. Okay, so this is like a symbol of God's creation underneath, and then above is seated God, is an image of God. He's on his throne. It says from his waist down, he is like fire, and then from the waist up, it's like. And this this translation says electrum. It's kind of like gold or bronze colored. And it says he's surrounded by this luminous um, aura that's the color of a rainbow. So it's got all it's a rainbow color. Well, what? So we're looking at the Word of God. What's all this about? Okay, it's a pretty wild vision. Now, whenever in the Old Testament we see, um, the prophet Ezekiel saw, and he's describing it for us. So, whenever in the Old Testament we see God depicted in a human form, it is the premonition of the incarnation of Jesus Christ when God would become man. So, this is actually an image, of, and Jesus is the Word of God. He's the word of God made flesh. So Ezekiel is seen prophetically, Jesus Christ. This is Jesus we're looking at here. Okay, It's pretty wild. And in our tradition, we understand that there are four Gospels. Okay, Four Gospels, specifically because there are four faces to Christ. And those four faces capture his different, the different dimensions of his uh, personhood. Okay, So he's the face of a man. He's the lion, which is his regal authority and his strength. He's an ox because he's a sacrificial victim. And he's an eagle as well, okay, which is his spirituality and his divinity. And the four Gospels, in, they have the different dimensions, express those different aspects and different dimensions and levels of who the Word of God is, who Jesus Christ is. Um, now, I think I'm just kind of going to, this is a long homily here, I'm going to kind of make maybe a confusing homily. But I'm just going to sort of wrap it up and say, what does all of this mean? Well, notice this, though. The word of God came to Ezekiel when he was in the land of the Chaldeans. 
He's outside of his native land. And you see, the Israelites at that time, they had a little bit of problem, which is native to all human beings, and that is they want to take God and put him in a box. They want to domesticate him. They want to say he belongs in the land of Israel. He is in the land of Israel, and that's how the pagans thought. They thought their God was chained, essentially, to their particular land. But what God is showing the prophet Ezekiel and us is that God cannot be domesticated, okay? He is a universal God, and he moves in all four directions, north, south, east, and west, all over the whole world, and he has dominion over the whole world. So that's the un- this is the universality of God. It's his Catholicity. That's what we mean when we say we're Catholics, is that we don't take the word of God and reduce it to one little dimension that makes us feel comfortable, which we're, you know, this is what we feel good about. This is who Jesus is to me, uh, okay? It, the Catholic truth is this humongous conglomeration. It's multifaceted, a conglomeration of seemingly disparate, mysterious elements that all hang together. And uh, heresy... False doctrine comes when you take one of these elements or these aspects and you own it and you make it your little pet, you know, like your little poodle, okay? This is my pet theory. This is my pet doctrine. That's where heresy comes from. The Catholic, the Orthodox Catholic thinker, St. Dominic and the Dominicans, they were saying, no, sometimes there's elements and mysteries and it's hard at first to see how they all hang together, but they do, and we're going to contemplate these truths until we can see with our hearts and our minds and our intellects, how they all do work together, okay? And that's Catholicism. It's a plenitude and a fullness of truth. What are the two things? Notice the image of God. He's got uh, fire downwards and bronze upwards or electrum upwards. It's the meeting. It's the coming together of two seemingly disparate things. What are the two most seemingly disparate things in the mystery of God? I think are the mercy of God and his justice. How often do people have a hard time reconciling these two things with God? Okay? Sometimes we want to focus on his justice and we want to see heads roll. <laughs> we want to see God be the, the judge. Okay? Or we want God the pussycat. And we want him always nice all the time. So how do we get how do we reconcile those two things? It's a mystery within God, but it all it all hangs together, and the word of God can't be reduced to one or the other, but it's multifaceted in the gospels. We have four of them. Why don't we have just one gospel? We've got four. It's four different and they all they don't lay on the same plane. Okay, it's multi-leveled and multi-dimensional. And this is how Jesus operates. He has he says stuff that really is scandalous. You know, what was the few weeks ago we had that do not think I have come to bring peace. I've, I've come to bring a sword. Jesus says stuff like that all the time in the Gospels. It's meant to, to like, shock us and to get us out of our comfort zone. Okay, We can't keep God in the territory of our own little country and our own little expectations and make him our domestic animal that you know he's going to serve our purposes. And we, it's a temptation. You know, Are we Americans first and then Catholics, or are we Catholics first and then Americans? Are we are we um, watchers of Fox News first, or and then Catholics, or are we Catholics first and then watchers of Fox News, all right, or CNN, or or what it or whatever it might be, okay? So we we understand that the Word of God um, is very mysterious, and we respect it. We allow it to be what it is, and we have a kind of an awe. Uh, 
but a humility before it as well. And we wait, and we wait, and we say, you know, so the mysteries, we say, Lord, I don't understand exactly, but teach me and change me and change my heart and convert me so that I can see the truth and, uh, and be changed and then go out into the world and, and change others and change the world. And so this is the, this is what it is to contemplate the truth and then to bring to others the fruits of our contemplation.